0: Hello friends, welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host Ashley Sondergaard and I'm so happy you're here. On Tuesdays I get to chat with friends and fellow teachers, spiritual seekers, people that are they're doing the work. They are doing quote-unquote the work, <laughs> the self-study, the spiritual journey and today we chat with Alex Zahner, the host of the podcast Creating Ripples, a friend of mine about all, a lot of things, about motherhood, faith, um, sobriety. It's just a, it's a good conversation. Before we do, it's been a hot minute since I gave a personal update, if you will. <laughs> update number one is that there's not a lot happening. I, I switched my part to the middle, my hair part, so that you know, I can look cool like a Gen Z youth, but other than that, friends, things are getting weird. <laughs> no, it's okay. Actually, the family and I have been getting just like more creative with things to do that are COVID friendly, but also just to get out of the house. Um, here in the Twin Cities, you could rent a movie theater, like the whole room for up to 20 people for $99. So we did this one day, we with another family, we rented out a movie theater you bring your own dvds so we brought despicable me which is the girl's favorite and it was so ridiculous and it was so fun and i mean just the movie theater popcorn alone is worth it it felt it felt like old times it was lovely and then this past weekend we found this like really cute farm that had llamas and peacocks and donkeys and they like you can tour it for an hour <laughs> so the girls and I and again the same family that we do everything with um we got to tour this farm and like walk around llamas and it was so funny totally recommend it if you're if you're here in the Twin Cities you want to know any of these resources let me know but you know we're getting creative we're we're gonna make it to the spring spring is almost here in the meantime movie theaters and llamas am I right (laughs) okay I'm excited for grilling. That's a, a tangent, but I'm like v excited for spring grilling. Is there, are you guys too feeling this? Okay, anyways, back to today's episode. So again, I'm chatting with Alexandra Zoner. I've known Alex for a while. We used to be teachers together, and I've always I was always really struck by her maturity, and when I learned about her journey into sobriety at a really young age, I was so moved and impressed. And now she's using these lessons from sobriety, you know, from the birth of her daughter, from her time as a coach, just all of her life experiences to share and to bring some connection to others with her podcast Creating Ripples. So we talk a lot about sobriety today and I just I want to be clear that The sober journey or, you know, the choices around alcohol are so very personal. It's totally up to you. And there is no shame in consuming alcohol if that's your choice. I mean, I I still do, Um, but I've talked about it a lot, you know, on the show and just in my observation, in my self-study work. It's that I've had to kind of rethink how I use alcohol rather than it being an escape. I really like to use it in more of a, a celebratory manner. And if I'm being completely honest, some of the biggest shadow work that I have done and that I'm still doing is around alcohol and really striking a balance. So hopefully this this conversation provides a little insight into that that journey. Um, maybe it's sober curious, maybe it's sobriety in general or just like somewhere in between. If you want to learn more about Alex, check out her awesome show, Creating Ripples. I was actually on an episode that aired last week, so go ahead and check that out. A big thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. We tackle tough issues on this show, and just you know, remember that you never have to do this self-study work alone. You can seek out help, you can talk to someone when you need it, and BetterHelp is a really great resource for that. And then finally, I'm super excited to be opening up the self-care mentorship on April 12th. So the self-care mentorship is a one-on-one program in which we really dive into your birth chart and we look at self-care and how it can best serve you. Um, So we explore boundaries, we talk about people in your life and how they can help you with your self-care we talk about manifestation meditation and just so many topics and it's really individualized it's an eight-week program in which we meet four times one-on-one on on zoom Um, i provide tons of resources into self-care and self-discovery and then you also get access to more than 40 yoga classes from my library of online classes. So enrollment opens on March 15th. And if you're curious to know more, join me for a free cosmic self-care webinar on Tuesday, March 23rd at seven. More information on that webinars in the show notes. We'll be looking at the placements in your birth chart to gather some self-care inspiration. It's just a fun, free way to dip your toe into this content. Okay. Thanks for being here, friends. If this episode is interesting, consider sharing it with a friend or on Instagram at Magic Podcast. Let's get to our community conversation with Alexandra Zahner.
1: My name is Alex Zahner. I am a Minnesota native. I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota, and I now live in Lake Elmo, which is just literally a little town connected to Stillwater. So I just, I'm a homebody, uh, <laughs> which is funny when I say it, because if you knew me when I was little and growing up and going to high school and college, I think most people would assume I would have been the last person to move back home and to never leave Minnesota. But here we are. Um, I am a mom, as Ashley said. I am a wife. I've been married to my husband for just over three years. And we have a daughter, Clara, that turns one this month. Which no is- way. Oh my gosh. Yeah, her birthday is 220
0: 2020 so oh, she's
1: got a pretty cool birthday. Yeah. Um, so that's been really a wild ride, and I'm sure we'll get more into that experience of being a first-time mom. I am a general manager and coach at a local fitness boutique called Alchemy. I love my job and getting to show up and coach the athletes and help them to just see their inner strength both also their physical strength a lot of times i feel and ashley you can probably agree students and athletes they they don't really see their full potential and you get to be there on that journey to push them forward and it's just the most rewarding part of my job um and then i recently launched a podcast myself i've been really <laughs> busy doing all the things but it's been so wonderful um, my podcast is called creating ripples and it has been such a passion project for the last 2 years and for it to finally be out in the world is Amazing. And I launched a business called Embolden. And Embolden is for mamas to meet them on whatever phase of mamahood that they are on. And it's just been a really cool past few months, even though 2020 was really hard navigating many um things that happened throughout the year. It's taught me a lot and it's also pushed me forward into what I believe is living out my truest self. And I feel just like so fulfilled in my day-to-day life.
0: Mm. Yes. Passion Projects 2020. It was like, oh my gosh. I heard heard today, someone said this and it like landed and I thought of you immediately. I was just like, I'm going to bring this up to Alex. Someone said that when you have your child, like your first child, when you become a mom, you essentially like this sounds dramatic, but you you essentially die and re, are reborn. And I was like, mm. oh my gosh, that's I am like a different person, but I'm a yeah. but I am I feel like I'm a better person on the other end. Do
1: you feel that same way? Yes, a hundred percent. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I was speaking to another mom about how, you know, when we birth our children, we also in a way are reborn. And I think that happens even with each birth, obviously I've only had one, so maybe you can speak to this more. But for me, when Clara was born and I held her in my arms for the first time, it was just like this like feeling of like everything was right in the world, but I was also scared shitless. Oh my God. Like, you know, but you are totally changed. And I think one thing that I struggled with initially in that postpartum phase was so badly like feeling like I was being pushed to get back to where I was or who I was before giving birth. Like there's just so much to style the pressure of that bounce back and, you know, going back to who you were. But the truth is, I firmly believe once you have a baby, you're never going to be who you were. You're now essentially reborn into this brand new woman.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just so inspiring to hear you talk about all the things that you've started that you've created in the first year of your child's life. When I think a lot of us are like, oh, we're, you know, it's going to be hard. We're just at home sleep training and feeding and like all the things, but no, like you're, there's this like element of creativity and just like true feminine energy. That's so cool. Way to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I do think, um, Like I said earlier, the podcast has been something I've been thinking about for two years, and I had been working with someone in 2019 and finally came up with the idea, the name, everything, and then I actually started recording my first episode last January of 2020, and it didn't end up coming out before Claire was born, so it kind of got pushed to the wayside, and I think that... I think that was honestly the universe's way of telling me like, you're not ready yet. Because once Clara was here, I feel like, as we were saying, I totally shifted. And I almost feel like because she's here and I have her looking up to me, I feel drawn to really just setting this example of not letting what you feel you're expected to do hold you back from what you're like desire and passion is telling you to do. And so that's why I like went forth with creating ripples. And I went forth with emboldened were these things that I felt drawn to do. And I think for so long, I really struggled with caring too much about the outside and what others would think I would get in my head of the fear of being judged or the failure. And I let that hold me back from really stepping up in what I believe might job is to guide people and serve people. And that's truly brings me so much joy when I can show up for others and support them in some way, shape or form.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, you, you must know your sun moon rising. Cause you hang out with Suze, right? Do you know what it is? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what your sun sign is?
1: So I'm a Virgo. Okay. Um, but I
0: don't remember
1: we talked okay. about it. we talked about it a while ago, and I know because it took me forever to find out what time I was born. oh yeah, my mom like did not know she couldn't not find my birth certificate and then we like found it like Susan and I were talking about it one day, and my mom randomly texted me like right after what it was, and we looked it up, but
0: I don't remember well um I'm not surprised about the Virgo part. I feel like you'd have to be pretty on top of your game like Virgo's sister are so organized to be able to to do all that you're doing. <laughs> Uh, So I want to talk about a lot of things, especially about just spirituality and motherhood and um, the creation process. But I also Mm -hmm. want to talk about something that I'm really exploring in my own spiritual journey, in my own personal journey, and that's sobriety. And like kind of like full disclosure, I definitely drank a glass of wine last night, but I just see this as like a path that, that a lot of us are wanting to move forward. And you obviously have, you know, history and knowledge and and wisdom in this area. And I would just love to hear it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, sorry for my coaching voice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, I'm six and a half years sober in March. I will be six and a half years sober. And for me, I struggled with alcohol for a long time. Uh, The first time that I had a drink was in junior high. I was 14 years old and the first time I drank, it was not a great experience. Um, I ended up in the hospital and that probably should have been a wake-up call for me. Um, But, you know, when we're young and we see what our friends are doing, we just kind of keep doing what those around are doing around us. And I was really impacted. I feel like what I felt like I was supposed to be doing because socially that's what kids were doing my age and that carried on in the college. And it's such a binge drinking culture in that point that I feel like if you have any problems with alcohol, it's so easily masked because everyone's going out and they're drinking and maybe they're blacking out. Something stupid happens. And at that age, it's kind of, you just laugh it off. Like, it's like funny, like, haha. did you hear what so-and-so did last night? And it should be way more alarming the situations that we put ourselves in when we're drinking at that age, but it just gets kind of brushed under the rug. People around me, family and friends saw my drinking as different, but to me, I didn't see what I was doing was any different than what any other college student was doing at that time. Mm. Um, And so throughout college, I'm gonna give you like the cliff notes version of my surprise. Okay. So, <laughs> throughout college, um yeah, I basically had what I call the roller coaster effect. So I would be having a really great time with my friends and we would be drinking and then the next day I'd wake up and I would have blacked out. And maybe I said something I didn't mean to say, or I lost something, or, you know, I just became this person that I wasn't. And I instantly felt so much guilt and shame around having other people first off having to tell me that I did this because I was blacked out. And so I would be like, okay, let's figure this out. I'm not going to drink hard liquor. I'm just going to have wine or beer. And so that's what I would do. I would have wine or beer and that would work maybe one night, two nights, And I would start to be like climbing back up the roller coaster, feeling pretty good. And then I would get a little cocky. I'd black out and I'd go right back down. Mm -hmm. And it was just this like repetitive cycle that was really exhausting. And it wasn't until one night um, after college, I was in a relationship and I went out drinking and I did something that I regretted while I was drinking, told my partner of the time that ended our relationship. And that was a Huge wake up call for me because I didn't view myself as someone that would like damage a relationship ever. And to be under the influence and do something that I regretted so much and have it ruin a relationship with someone that I really did, you know, see myself spending my life with at that point in time. And that really pushed me to want to make a change. So I connected with my parents, started going to meetings was sober for 30 days. Again, got into that cocky stage, Mm -hmm. went back out drinking, um, for a few weeks and then really hit my rock bottom with a night out that ended up bringing me back to the hospital, losing my phone, my car, my keys. And that's when I finally was ready to be like, okay, this is it. I got to get sober. And anyone listening, maybe you hear part of yourself in that story and maybe you don't. And I think that's the biggest thing is Your relationship with alcohol is never going to be the same as somebody else's. So what I want to challenge you to do is rather than listening to my story and like finding all the differences, see if there's any similarities. And if that comes up for you, like maybe a similarity is that sometimes you don't feel great after you drink. It doesn't mean you're blacking out, but maybe you feel groggy, you're more tired, your energy's down. And alcohol impacts all of us in different ways. And so, you know, in the last few years, I feel like maybe you've heard the word sober curious or great drinking. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I feel like there's just been this shift in society where for so long it was like alcohol and social events, like alcohol and social events, they just go together. And that's still very true. But in the last few years, there's been this shift where it's becoming more mainstream to maybe consider, and that's called sober curious, maybe consider removing alcohol. And for some people that are sober curious, um, it doesn't mean they're sober forever. It doesn't mean they're sober, Right. you know, like one day they might be sober and the other, they might have a glass of wine, but they're curious about their relationship with alcohol. And so what that means is they really start to look about, you know, why am I drinking, how do I feel when I'm drinking, you know, what are the benefits with it, what are the challenges to it, why am I expected to drink, you know, what are the social and societal pressures that I'm feeling here and um, Why do others have a problem with me not wanting to drink? And so, you know, like when you're thinking about, let's say you've got an event coming up with your friends and everyone's going to be drinking, but you're kind of sober curious right now. And just like asking yourself, why do I want to have a drink? You know, what pressures are kind of pushing me towards that? Is it because I feel like to have fun with my friends, I have to have a drink? And then asking yourself, is it actually going to make it more fun? Or is it just like this view society puts on us of Mm -hmm. drinking makes it more fun. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. And
1: so I, I, I just think it's, it's hard, but I think what has been so cool is this shift of maybe being in relating with an alcoholic, like saying you're an alcoholic doesn't tie with you. And that's okay. I think that is something that has been really cool to see over the years is, there's these different spots of looking at your relationship with alcohol and you can find kind of what's going to work for you. But if you're even thinking about like, how's alcohol impacting me? I want to challenge you to take a little bit of time and get a little sober curious. And that just means like taking a few nights off from drinking Mm -hmm. and really looking at like, how am I feeling different in this situation? Like, did I wake up with more energy do I not have a headache this morning? Um, Ashley, I know you had kind of talked a little bit about this on your self-care episode. And so maybe you can share a little bit about what you noticed um, when you were sharing yeah. your experience and your story.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing the story, Alex. I just, I appreciate it like, It's such a journey and that college stage. Oh my gosh. Especially for women. Have you read that book? I think it's called drink. And it's just about the, like the evolution of pressure on women to drink. And it's just that, you know, you're, you're really in the, you're in the abnormal if you don't party in college, Mm -hmm. at least in our worlds, like, that's what it felt like. If like I was Gonna decide to like not drink it. You know what's funny is my husband. He didn't touch alcohol until he was twenty-two, probably mm-hmm. not an ounce. Yeah. And and he has like such a like harmonious relationship with it. But I think because uh, the pressures to be, uh, I don't know, like that cool sorority girl or whatever. Like that was my life. Is like mm-hmm. I need to, I need to do this. And I never, I never liked who I was on the other end. So kind of fast forward now. I'm so much more intuitive and I'm so much more in touch with like what my body is telling me, what my spirit is telling me, like who, who the best version of myself is. And I get these hits that like, Hey, if you were really, really, really wanting to be your best self, you would just cut it out as much as possible. And so I had to take that step back and look and say, okay, the only time that I'll consume Alcohol, and again, this is like this is my story. This doesn't have to be anyone else's story. Mm-hmm. But the only time I will is when I'm when I'm feeling celebratory, when I'm feeling mm-hmm. in like that that space of gratitude. Versus where it used to be for me is like I'm kind of escaping, escaping. Mm-hmm. I mean, like truly, like escaping my two screaming children and just life at home all day. Like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yep. it's been a good shift, but you know, I I don't know. Eventually, maybe it'll just it'll just kind of fall away. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I think exactly as you were sharing, it's,
1: that's your journey and, you know, mending and recognizing and looking into that your relationship with alcohol, it's a process. And you're the one who gets to, you know, go through that process and who knows what you need best, right? Like, Yes, there are people that are out there. There are therapists and there are meetings and there are sponsors and different people that you can work with. But at the end of the day, you know what you need best, but it's also, you have to be the one to recognize that within yourself. It's kind of um, like a band aid, right? Like you have a really long day and you have a glass of wine. And in that moment, it feels better, but did it actually like push you forward or are there different things that you could do? Maybe meditate, work out, go on a walk that are as easily going to help, you know, you step back from that problem. But what's also hard with removing alcohol is it really forces you to like head on go into that
0: problem. Right. Right? Oh my gosh. Like sit in your emotion instead of run away from it. 100%. Mm -hmm.
1: Which is hard. And I get that a lot of people are like, yeah, that's why I don't want to do it. But Mm -hmm. I want to encourage anyone listening that's kind of like, oh, maybe I check out being sober, curious, and I get a little bit more into it. I'm not saying removing alcohol from your life is going to be the end-all be-all for everybody. I have plenty of friends that have no problem drinking. Totally. um, But I also have friends that have no problem drinking, but then they're also recognize like, but I could maybe reduce it a little bit. Like I am using it as a way to escape. Maybe instead of using it as a way to escape, I only use it during celebratory things. And so just like recognizing how it's showing up in your life um, is just like a really, I think it can be really beneficial. And I love that it's starting to become a more common topic. We're starting to see more people get more sober curious and recognize like being an alcoholic like is, yeah, it's on one end of the spectrum, but you could be sober curious. And you could also be like a gray area drinker, which is like in between kind of that rock bottom and the drinking on and off. Like you struggle with alcohol, but you know, AA and saying you're an alcoholic doesn't resonate with
0: you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? to be really curious to see is how like cannabis plays into this world and it's I'm seeing it with like with the younger generation right like they don't really drink they do like they eat edibles or whatever which is such an Mm -hmm. interesting thing because like I don't know I'm kind of indifferent I'm I don't could it be better maybe I don't know could it be way worse Mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder to regulate like can you imagine driving under the influence like that that's really scary so I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? on that? Well, I, right I was going to just say, I think
1: one thing too, is you could take, you can take sober curious and apply it to your use of cannabis, right? Totally. Like, are yeah. you trying to escape? How are you feeling after? And I think that is something that in just the past few years I've come to recognize is getting sober for someone they might have like a bad, like a hard issue. I went, when I was in my inpatient or my outpatient program, there was a girl that was actually there only because she struggled with her use of weed. She didn't Mm -hmm. have a drinking Mm -hmm. problem. And I think that's the other thing is like recognizing like, what am I using my life to push my feelings down versus like step into them and actually take a look at like what's going on around me, whether it's with alcohol or cannabis. And I think as it does become more legal, it's the same thing. You just have to start to recognize, like, what am I using this for in this moment? And yeah, obviously you can have a drink if you want to or have an edible when you want to have fun, whatever it is, but also recognizing like when it starts to become more of like something that you're relying on to kind of just suppress feelings and emotions.
0: Hey y'all, The show is all about self-care and self-discovery. And one of the best ways to self-care therapy. <laughs> I'm a big fan. So I want to shout out a huge thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is helping clients all over the world in I mean, a really challenging time right now. If you've been feeling like you're struggling, you're down, or you're just unable to reach for your goals, and it would help to talk to someone, BetterHelp is making it so easy to make that happen. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Perhaps you don't have access to a counselor where you live or you just you don't want to leave your house. You want to stay in your pajamas. BetterHelp makes it so easy. And not only that, but it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So once you're matched with a counselor, you get to know them, see if it's a fit. And if it's not, no problem. It's free to change counselors if needed because, you know, we all know it, it needs to be a fit. Once you have your person, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, set up weekly sessions via video or phone call, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And remember, you never have to sit in that awkward traditional therapy waiting room. BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. If you're ready to prioritize yourself and your well-being and to lean into that self-care along with the million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional, visit betterhelp.com slash yogamagic to get set up. And for Yoga Magic listeners, you get 10% off your first month. That's H E L P slash yogamagic. I'm curious to know how, you know, on the other end now, how faith, spirituality, you know, Christianity, mm-hmm. all these things have gotten stronger or played out in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in a Catholic home,
1: but we were very much the holiday Catholic goers. So Easter and Christmas and Then when I got to college, I continued my relationship with my faith through Young Life, which is a youth group. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was just a really great way for me to stay plugged in. But I never really took like a huge deep dive into my faith, honestly, till I got sober. Mm -hmm. When I got sober, I started kind of attending at different churches, trying to get plugged back into my faith and really going for myself to grow in my relationship with God and a higher power. And that was just like so rewarding for me. I was newly single. Um, when I got sober, it was on my 24th birthday. So you're so young. So young. Yeah. (laughs) How old are you now? I'm 30. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah. So 24th birthday is my sobriety date. So, uh, nine, 17, 14, which is so crazy to think about. Um, I'm almost, I'm almost as year seven, which is just wow. That's but,
0: amazing. Congrats. Thank you.
1: I, uh, and I got that plugged back into church. I started going to like worship events and never growing up. Like, I never really understood the whole worship piece until one night I went to this worship event and I would go by myself, which like looking at now, I'm like, wow, I was really just trying to like figure out myself and like what this was, but I would go to these worship nights, um, by myself and they would just sing. And it was like just this feeling of connecting with something, That like, you can't explain Mm -hmm. in those moments of just being overcome with people singing around you and worshiping and putting their belief in something much greater than yourself. And so for me, I started to get plugged back in and I found my home church, which I go to Eagle Brook and I just love it. I love the worshiping. I love singing and just feeling this connection to something like greater than me, um, and it's just been really a wonderful experience for me i actually when i first went to my first aa meeting it was through my church hmm. they do um what's called quest 180 and so it's faith based recovery aa oftentimes many people assume that you have to have a faith to go and that is not the case anyone can go to aa they just um rather than saying that you're putting your faith in god you're putting your faith in a higher power however that looks for you um and i think sometimes that can feel really scary to people if they don't have a relationship with faith but truly anyone um can get involved within recovery whether you have a faith or a spirituality that you believe in whatever that looks like Uh, but i do think for me that was a really saving grace In my early parts of my sobriety. And then just now, even in all aspects of my life, we do church weekly as a family. It's been a foundation in my relationship with Jordan. Like he didn't go to church until we started dating. And that was really important to me because we started dating pretty early on in my sobriety. I was just under a year. And I personally, I love going to church. I just think it's a really great way to get outside of yourself and see something so much greater than, um, it's just like hard. It's hard to explain. And faith is really unexplainable to me. I have a really hard time explaining like why I believe in a faith, why I believe in a God or a higher power. Uh, it's truly, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if you have like a better way of explaining. I don't think you have to,
0: I don't like, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just, I just feel it. Yeah. I think that's like an intuition. I like love. I mean, like it's hard to put magic into words. Really, it is. I I mean, I also I also personally believe
1: you can have a faith and spirituality. I feel like sometimes there are people that are they they believe in just God and they don't believe any of the other spiritual works that can happen. And I feel like I find myself in both realms. And totally. I really love. I really love both
0: of them and what they have to offer. Same. Totally. It's so funny that we like have to label ourselves one or the other. That that's I mean, everything is polarized. Yeah. Everything is politicized and polarized these now. But also like that's why this show exists is because I don't I don't I'm not gonna pick a side. I'm just literally moving through it day by day. And it's <laughs> it's talking to people like you and talking to people who believe in witchcraft, you know, just like all sorts of things that like are expanding my worldview and hopefully expanding the listeners as well. I'm really curious, just kind of moving back to some of the sobriety and faith. I mean, it all kind of plays out as a parent, as a mother. How do you, maybe asking for a friend here, how do I like, how do I talk to my kids about alcohol. I think that's something mm-hmm. that like, especially I have two little girls, you have a little girl. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want them to be the one who blacks out at a sorority party or fraternity party. Mm-hmm. taken advantage of like, what, how do we do that?
1: Mm, that
0: is such a great
1: question. <laughs> I, I mean, with Clara being so little, my hope is by me being the best example that I can be for her and openly sharing my journey and my relationship. I think Um, growing up in my house, my parents were always so supportive, but I didn't know that I grew up with a grandpa that was an alcoholic and struggled with drinking. That wasn't something that I knew until I got sober. And I just think the more open and honest we can be with our kids of where we've been and what we've gone through versus just this, like, you can't do that. You cannot do this X, Y, and Z. It's like, instead tell them our stories, tell them where we've Mm -hmm. been. And then like that general, like care for them and love for them. And I think that goes such a long way when we show them, like, we care and love so much about you. And this is where we've been. And even if you don't have the same struggle with alcohol as i did but if you know other people are just explaining to them you know this is why i want you to be educated on how alcohol can impact your life cuz for me it was just a matter of you can't drink like you're too young and i didn't i didn't know anything so it was kind of like this rebellious thing and now actually i have the opportunity i go and i do like yoga and wellness coaching for the girls across team at Stillwater. And one of the topics that the coach has me talk about is alcohol Mm -hmm. and how it can impact you and how it can impact your play as an athlete, how it can impact you mentally and physically. And, you know, like, Really, is it worth it for all the hard work you've done to get to this point for them, for lacrosse, to possibly throw it all away, to get in trouble with the law or your parents? And it's just all these different things that... Yeah, we know the risk as a kid, but we don't really like stop and think about it. And I think just educating our kids on all these different aspects and having a conversation and letting them ask questions is going to be really important as they grow up and as they get bigger so that we can set them up for success and then they can feel safe if maybe they did go out and drink totally. and they can then come to us versus I love my parents and I'm sure they'll listen to this, but mm-hmm. I never felt like I could be like, mom and dad, I drank last night. I was like, I drank and I never wanted them to ever find out. I never wanted to get caught, you know? And it's hard. It's like that fine line. Like we want to be like, don't do it, don't do it. But I think if we present it in a way of just education and general care, they're going to feel so much more like they can confide in us and have that conversation.
0: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Perfect segue to motherhood, because I think this is like, like, let's just tie it up in a bow, shall we? We're going to have to listen to this like what 10 15 years later yes our girls are I don't know
1: having these conversations and I'm just like no 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 no
0: <laughs> Watch her, like
1: holding myself accountable and I'll come back and listen to this I
0: have an Aries Lily's an Aries so she's like very in her power she's like very initiating Rory is an Aquarius so she's like a little bit a little bit out to lunch in a good way she just thinks very <laughs> differently so these like two very different little humans and I don't always know like what to do with that. It's mm-hmm. just like, uh, but I find that talking to other moms, talking to people that are in it, is like the only way that I can survive, honestly, as a mother. Yeah. And so, and I know you're t- you're you're building, embolden, and you're building these, I mean, like communities of realness. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah. So, embolden was something that I never
1: expected in 2020, but it was something I needed. And Mm -hmm. when I got pregnant, I was really active beforehand and knew I wanted to stay really active and didn't have a ton of education around what that would look like. And kind of got a little frustrated with the fact there wasn't a lot of information out there on how to move your body safely during pregnancy. So I did a lot of self-education. And I talked to other women that had been pregnant and just tried to figure out the best course so that I could stay active. And I started to recognize that a lot of other women felt the same way. So being a coach in a gym, by them seeing me be pregnant and working out, I had all these other moms that ended up staying on a part of our community because they were like, oh, I can keep, I can keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And before I was in it myself, when we would have someone get pregnant, they would cancel their membership. Oh, I'm pregnant. I'm going to cancel. And I never questioned it. And then when I was in it myself, I was like, wait, but like moving your body during pregnancy is so great for you. And so that was kind of like the first part of like that disconnect that I started to feel. And then just like feeling like my body wasn't my own was really hard for me. Mm. And I would talk to other friends that had been pregnant. I would go online, you know, read on Instagram. Lots of people share their experiences. And it was helpful, but it was also overwhelming. And I was super fearful about labor and delivery. I was just really nervous going into it. Obviously, it's so out of your control and no labor and delivery is ever going to be the same. But what was so helpful for me was hearing other people share their experiences But also um, at one of my birthing classes, they talked about, like, don't have a birth plan. And that was, like, so eye-opening to me. Instead, they said, have a birth wish list. Like, what things would you like to have happen and know that you have to pivot? And so it was just, like, for me, hearing these other things from moms was so helpful. And then we got home with our daughter and lots of tears were shed. I was just in the thick of postpartum. And the only thing that got me through was talking to other moms. Hmm. I really struggled with breastfeeding. My milk did not come in. That was like a mind-blowing experience to me. I was like, wait, what? You don't just have your baby and like your milk's there? You have to wait? Like
0: that had not come up in any topic. That's. I think that breastfeeding is harder than birth, like labor. I think breastfeeding is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And we're sort of like thinking about, should we have more kids? And I'm like thinking about that process again. And it makes me want to cry thinking mm-hmm. about it.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, ugh, that's, it's so funny. Like when we talk about like wanting to grow our family, I'm like, ah, the labor and delivery in that early weeks of postpartum were so hard for me, but it's so rewarding at the same time. But I feel more set up for success having gone through it. Totally. And that is why I wanted to create embolden was, so when I was struggling with, my milk not coming in and breastfeeding. I had to wear a nipple guard, which is like this whole other thing that makes it like really freaking frustrating. And, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to get through this? And I felt a lot of pressure, like breast is best. And it's like, oh my God, I know. That is best. That is best. And I was texting my best friend who's a NICU nurse. And I'm like, I remember you telling me your friend struggled with breastfeeding. Like, can I get her phone number? And I like texted her and like, we kind of know each other, but not super well. And she was like my saving grace of like, it's okay. Like you're going to feel these pressures, but you have to decide what is best for your family. And like that cursing that to me was like, yeah, we get to decide what is best for our family. And I took that and I went with it in every thing that came up through postpartum. And now as we are parenting Clara, mm-hmm.
0: and that has been my
1: saving grace. And so after connecting with her and other friends that were moms, that's when I realized like, we are really alone in this until we all come together. And for me, the fitness piece was really huge. I was like, I want to serve moms to help them feel really freaking strong in their pregnancy, their labor delivery, postpartum and beyond. And I want them to feel confident while doing it. I don't want them to walk into a space and be told you can't do X, Y, and Z. I want them to walk into space and be like, here's what you can do today. Let's do this and feel really freaking empowered. And I started looking at prenatal and postnatal um, coaching certificates. And one of my members from Alchemy who just had twins in September, she had worked out all through her pregnancy. She literally worked out on Labor Day, had her twins the next day. Yes. Wild. And he was really struggling because she does. she's the first of her friends to have kids. Hmm. And I was like one of the few people she knew with kids. And she texted me one day and was like, I have this idea. Let's connect. And I was like, okay. I'm excited. And then she came and took my class and she went to leave. And I was like, wait, don't you want to connect? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's talk. She's like, so I have this idea. You know, motherhood is really hard. She was really struggling with sleep training and like her Mm. twins being on all these different schedules and trying to figure that out. And I'm like, I can't even imagine. I had a hard time with one. And she's like talking to me about her experience. And we both had different struggles and we she wanted to make a community of bringing moms together. And I was like, I'm actually trying to do that right now with fitness stuff. Like I'm trying to get certified and I want to start to do that. And so we just started spitballing and we ended up talking for like an hour to an hour and a half. And we were like, Holy crap. Like what are we creating right now? This feels so right. And we both were so excited and charged up. And so we just kept connecting. And then in November, sat down and we were like, okay, what do we want to call it? We came up with emboldened and emboldened means to inspire, revitalize, invigorate, um, and to build confidence. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, this just feels right because that's what we want to give to moms. Mm-hmm. And we want to give it to moms in whatever phase of mamahood they're on. So pregnancy, if you're struggling with infertility, you're getting ready for labor and delivery postpartum, maybe you've got older children, and just bring women together to share in their experiences in a space that feels really safe and really honest because it can be so easy to go on Instagram and see a mom with a smiling baby all the time and be like, gosh, their baby is always so happy and easily start to compare that to your own journey. But it's not fair to compare what you see on social media because chances are it's not always the case. I personally know I struggle with this. Jordan called me out on it. He's like, you post a lot of happy things of Clara. You need to post like her also crying because she does cry. And totally. I was like, oh, you're right. Like I do. And I'm all about being truthful and honest. And I in my own pregnancy journey, just felt like I want to share everything I'm going through and I want to help at least one other person out there and have it resonate with them. And I just started to do that in my own. And that's what Tyranny and I wanted to create for moms is helping them to feel confident through fitness, um, sharing their own personal stories, creating connection, and then also education. And so, our goal is through events and series to do just that—to bring mm-hmm. moms together, um, helping them connect, and then also to educate them. That was a huge piece for me. I felt like there was so much out there, but I didn't a know where to start, or b really know where to turn. And so that's that's why Embolden is what it is, and we're so so excited to see what happens with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is fun, Alex. We just, I knew we'd cover like all the grounds here. <laughs> two pad, two podcasters talking about it some way. Can you that. tell listeners um, where to find your show, where to find you and, and all the cool projects that you're working on on mm-hmm. Instagram?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would love for you to come check me out on, I'm on Instagram as Alexandra Zahner. So just my name together. And then my podcast is at the Creating Ripples Pod. And embolden is that embolden underscore mama, so all the things, but yeah, just come chat with me, DM me, let me know what you thought about the episode. Hopefully, there was some little nuggets that you walked away with. It's been so fun, Ashley.
0: Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks again for being here, everyone. Thanks to Alex for sharing. And thanks to our show sponsor, BetterHelp. I appreciate all of you being here listening each week. I'll see you on Thursday.